Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. It's lottery day. And for once, Alex, we don't have a vested interest, but we're going to kind of force a vested interest on ourselves. And uh, you know what? I'll, I'll leave it to you. What are we about to do? Yeah, we're going to rank some of the teams in the lottery and maybe do a little smack talk, talk about how much we hate some teams and all that stuff, why we don't want them to succeed. Basically do the same thing that everybody does to the Knicks every year when the Knicks are in the lottery, which is just uncalled for. The Knicks have not moved up in the lottery in like forever. So, you know, just going to have a little fun. I think it should be a fun show, something a little different from just standard Knicks talk. So we'll get into it next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. He's tough. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Download the app and join Alex and I this week, Thursday at 5.30 to get in on the action. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Again, I'm Gavin Shaw, a resumed play-by-play broadcaster. He's Alex Wolf editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there, The Strickland. And uh, yeah, to your point in, in the interacts, we're going to do something a little different today. So pre-show, I, I, I took the time to, well, it didn't take that long, to rank every team in the lottery in order of the team I least wanted to win to the team I most wanted to win. But we're, we're, we're going to start at the top. So I'll, I'll just give you my rankings and I'll throw it to you and let me know if I'm right, if I'm wrong, if you strongly disagree, sort of agree. Anyways, everyone gets the idea. All right, so my first team was the San Antonio Spurs, and that was the only one I revealed to you pre-show. And you said that you actually like sort of agreed with me on it. My, my logic is as follows. Um, I, I've always liked the Spurs. I was a big Manu fan when he was on the team. I think I just I liked the way they did things. I, I think maybe part of it was that I just never really had a negative interaction with the Spurs fan. They, they just... Uh, they got to be a little bit above the fray because of how good they were, but also because I, I think they have sort of done what everyone nominally asks teams to do. Like all, all the people now who are like retroactively ripping on the process and they're saying, what, just, just like build through the middle, like be decent. And uh, San Antonio's tried to do that for about like four seasons now since Tim Duncan's retired. And it's going kind of how you'd expect, like even though arguably every draft, they've maybe taken the right guy or, or close to the right guy. They, they haven't found a way to jump from kind of mediocre to great, and they don't really have another avenue to do that. So I, I think I would take some sympathy on them if they won. And also, I think I would enjoy a year or two of, of Cade Cunningham under Greg Popovich. And I, I think they have really good tertiary pieces. But Alex, I, I've been talking too long. Am I right? Am I wrong? Somewhere in the middle. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. That's I, you know, I was the more that I think about these teams that are in the lottery, the more I kind of hate all of them. Um, like I don't want any of them to win the lottery, <laughs> but if I was going to pick one, I think it would be San Antonio. Um, it, my only devil's advocate to picking San Antonio is that I'm like, this team has been in the lottery like three times in the last 30, 35, whatever years. And 
they've won it three times if they would win this one. Um, last year, obviously, they didn't they didn't move up. But if they would win this lottery after winning the Tim Duncan lottery, after winning the David Robinson lottery, it's just like, come on. Like, how many how many times are we going to give these guys the top pick uh, when they barely even, you know, make an appearance in here? But, yeah, to your point, I mean, I, I like the brand of ball at the Spurs play. I think Cade playing for Pop would be the best possible fit for him, and he might get to play for a playoff team right away because even this year, you know, San Antonio is right on the edge. They were they were in the play-in and just didn't make it through. And uh, so I, I think that I would definitely prefer them over pretty much any other team that's going to be in the lotto. But I'm curious what your second team is. Okay, I, I kind of have a feeling you'll somewhat staunchly disagree with my second team, and it is the... Minnesota Timberwolves, who obviously, Ooh, yeah. I absolutely disagree. Yeah, oh, there we go, there we go, right off the bat. Um, who ha- have some high stakes, obviously, because if they don't land in the top three, then they lose their first round pick for this year to the Golden State Warriors. This is this is less of like a Nick centric thing, because obviously you can make the argument it would be bad for them theoretically pursuing Carl Anthony Towns down the road, maybe even theoretically pursuing Anthony Edwards at some point down the road. Um, and, and I know some Knicks fans don't have the fondest feeling towards their franchise, but I don't know. I, I feel I feel bad for their fans to some extent just because they, they've been so bad for so long now. And they had the one kind of decent Jimmy Butler year and it immediately blew up in their face. And also the bigger part of it for me is I think Anthony Edwards is just like one of my favorite people in basketball. And I think I think him and Cade playing together would be fun, uh, had the potential to be really, really good. And the West is like such a bloodbath as is. Like I don't really mind like the idea of another really good team being out there because if you're the Knicks and you get to the point where you're reaching the finals, you're inevitably gonna have to play one of them anyways. So why not it be Minnesota? And obviously that's that's doing a lot of projecting in terms of how good Edwards would get, how good Cade would get, probably three four years down the road anyways. But Alex, tell me why I'm wrong. Because they're a stupid franchise. They don't deserve anything. Like the uh, I agree with you to some extent about the fans. Like. My one cousin is a T-Wolves fan at, for reasons I don't know, but he loves the T-Wolves. But why are we rewarding them for being a trash bag franchise? Like, I, it, over and over again, they get the cat lottery and move up over the Knicks that year, which I'm still salty over. And Or, well, I guess, technically speaking, they didn't move up over the Knicks that year. The Knicks moved up over themselves by being idiots and winning that last game. But... At any rate, I mean, they won that lottery, which was annoying when the Knicks dropped and the Knicks should have won that lottery for Cat. And then they win the lottery last year, which, again, just why? I don't know. I They don't know. They don't deserve to, to get another number one pick. They should be. I hope they fall to 14, even though I know it's not possible. I hope they fall to 14. I hope they fall to 30. I hope that they never get another first round pick ever again. They're just I don't like them. I think they're a mismanaged trash bag of a franchise. Don't you think Alex Rodriguez deserves something good in his life? No, yeah. Also, A Rod is gonna be uh, yeah, and screw A Rod, man. I oh, I despise A Rod. So yeah, f- forget about it, man. I even forgot about that angle. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want them to win at all. They they don't deserve it. Of all the teams, they do not deserve it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, number three. I think I think this is a pretty like inoffensive choice, but but maybe maybe you disagree. Uh, Orlando Magic. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're, they're actually like my number two or three. So okay, cool. we're, we're, we're in agreement here. 
Yeah, yeah, right. two out of three isn't bad so far. Uh, my my logic is basically that like they they just I think they're the most lacking of star power maybe of any team in the NBA and I'm just I'm kind of going through the lottery teams and I guess you could argue the Rockets at this point with with Christian Wood and at least at least Orlando has like I mean RJ Hampton Cole Anthony Jonathan Isaac um, whenever he gets healthy like they they do have some interesting young players but there's just nothing to build an offense around there they're so bereft and the good thing is if they get Cade. They're not really threatening anyways. They're just kind of, they have the profile of like a pretty solid team. Um, if Cade ends up being um, slightly lower than the Luca ceiling, some people have given him, but essentially hitting his, his middle tier outcome, which I think is, is a multi-time all-star. They're a fun team. They're, they're a good team, but they're not really any threat to the Knicks. If the Knicks kind of hit their pinnacle. Yeah. I just think they would be a fun team. Like, so, uh, cause also it should be noted, you know, if the, if the bulls pick doesn't fall in the top, three i believe or top four i think it's top four top four uh then they get the bulls pick too so they're going to be adding probably two top 10 picks in this draft uh so if you can get Cade and then you know maybe draft i mean as much as i wish that the knicks could like trade up for him or something you get like his teammate moses moody from high school uh something like that and then you're rolling with you know that's kind of like the offense that that orlando desperately needs and then you're pairing them up with uh a hopefully healthy returning Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac and Wendell Carter Jr. who you know had some good moments after getting traded from the Bulls. RJ Hampton who started to really kind of turn it on the end of last year. Cole Anthony who a lot of Knicks fans were really enamored with last year. I mean that would be a really fun young team. That would be just like one of those it would be almost like to me and this maybe is bold but they would have potential to be like Grizzlies East at that point. Uh, well, I, I agree just, with that. Yeah, it would paid as your job, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, they have that high level creator then finally and like volume scorer who can create for others and everything else. Like, I, th- I think that would be that would be pretty cool. I think that would be a fun team. So, yeah, I'm definitely in support of the magic. Um, you know what? I'm going to throw my next team out there because I'm curious where you sit on these guys and you could say where they are on your list. If, yeah, sure. If need be my I, I think it's like a tie between two and three for me as to who I would want to get it the most between Orlando and Detroit. I think Detroit's my next one. I have interesting. I have Detroit at 10 and it's not Hmm. because I think to your point, they're very similar to Orlando where they're pretty inoffensive and they have a lot of good young players and they'd be good. So I probably have Detroit too low. I just, I don't know. It just seems like maybe Orlando is like not really that much better of a place to play, but like the current version of the Pistons, like I watched their games. It's, it seems like maybe maybe I'm way off. So apologies to Pistons Nation if this is the case. It just seems like no one's there. There's not a lot of interest. And maybe if they got Cade, that would all turn around. But it just seems like a, a little bit of a dead end for him, though. I, I guess you could make the argument like Sadiq Bey had a great rookie year. Killian Hayes showed some flash when he came back. Isaiah Stewart's really good. They have a whole bunch of other like pretty interesting pieces. So I, I see the argument. I'm willing to admit I maybe had Detroit too low. Well, and Jeremy Grant, too, I think. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. and he played so well this year, had like what probably would have been the most improved player season, if not for the existence of Julius Randle. Um, that's why I think I to me, it's about like a karmic reward in a way to Detroit, even though I thought most of what they did last offseason with the way that they managed their money and stretching like 5,000 contracts was really stupid. Also, trading um, Bruce Brown for like not for literally nothing seems. Yeah. Also not the best move in the world, but I I like that they took a stab and, you know, went and got Jeremy Grant and tried to get better and actually did find someone who had more 
latent potential than what we realized and and was able to improve himself and you know post a career years again very similar to Julius Randle in the way that he 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 found like a completely different level uh, on the Pistons so I think that pairing Cade with with Grant and then you know those other young pieces that you have on the team with like you mentioned Hayes Isaiah Stewart Sadiq Bay I think that's a decent you know core that you're looking at there and of course, the Pistons don't have their second round pick because the Knicks have it. But, you know, once, you know, if you could make another free agent signing or two this offseason, which I think they should have, you know, probably uh, they could probably finagle their way into, a, a you know, a OK little chunk of cap space. Um, I think that Corey Joseph isn't fully guaranteed. I'm looking at their their salary sheet here so they can maybe sign like a $10 million free agent. You know, if they could figure something out along those lines, maybe they're in good shape and and could be another one of those like non-threatening, fun young teams next year with Kate at the helm. And also, you know that they're they're so mismanaged traditionally that in the future, you know, Kate might end up in Nick. <laughs> um, but Gavin, I think uh, I think real quick, we should probably let everybody know uh, where to go if they want to. What about? Uh, damn, I don't have a good time for this. I got one. I got you. I got you. Um, for all, for all these teams out there, they're going to, I mean, we think Kate is the number one pick, but they're going to have to do some interviews. And if you're oh, looking you to hire, then you got to go to indeed. If you're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates, you need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three post screen and interview all on indeed Get your quality list quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately. And Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests and add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to update your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, and we're back today on the road to the finals. Our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Gavin, playoffs-wise, how you feeling about the Suns? Chris Paul is still, but managed to take the first game. Also, Chris Paul was going to play for Team USA, then wasn't going to play for Team USA. A great Fun little bat, uh, uh, additional chapter in the Shams versus Woj uh, battle royale that is life. But how, how are you feeling on the Suns front right now? I'm I'm I'm, I'm ecstatic, Alex. I, I almost like it, it feels surreal that they're this good and that the field has cleared up in the way that it has. And I in my mind I was like, all right, this is all fun and good, but Brooklyn's going to come in and squash them or, or whoever makes it to the finals. Well, Brooklyn's gone, so the Suns all of a sudden seemingly have like a legit. One in four chance to be NBA champions. I do think the Clippers are going to punch back. I think the Clippers are probably the better team if they get Kawhi Leonard back, even if Phoenix gets Chris Paul back. But until that point, the Suns have a great chance to win this series. Derek, uh, Devin Booker, legitimately in, in a non-Kawhi world, I think has a pretty strong case to be the single best player left in the playoffs. And 
that uh, makes me all warm and happy inside to say. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it there for the Suns talk, but really, really exciting. And the Suns, Alex, like the Knicks, somehow not in the lottery this year. It's it's very surreal for, for me who would, who would just be watching the lottery with bated breath. But because of that, I have to come up with other teams to be interested in. So we, we finished up with our top uh, three slash four. You had, uh, well, I had San Antonio, Minnesota, Orlando, then the fourth team. You slotted in, I know you didn't have Minnesota number two, but in your hypothetical four spot, you put Detroit there. So I'll take them off my list. They were somewhere around 10. A little more thinking about it. You made a good case. I would have put them higher. My number four team, though, another one that you you might disagree with just because they're an Eastern Conference team, but another situation that I just think would be fun and good for basketball, uh, Charlotte. I, I just, they're, they're already such a fun, entertaining team with how, up-tempo they play with LaMelo Ball throwing insane passes, with Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham banging threes, Gordon Hayward for the 50 or so games that he's healthy, fits in really nicely, P.J. Washington kind of a stretch five. I, I just, the idea of throwing in another elite shooter and passer into that offense, it's a little scary for me as a Knicks fan, but kind of similar to what I was saying about Minnesota, where like at some point you're going to just have to beat good teams and Honestly, any of these teams, if they get Cade with with a, with very few exceptions, are on a pretty good trajectory going forward. So someone has to be good. And honestly, I just I just have like really no negative feelings about Charlotte as a franchise. I feel pretty neutral about them. To me, they're they're very much up there with Minnesota, Orlando, and Detroit in, in the long time fan suffering rankings. Maybe even ahead of some of those teams is Orlando, Detroit. Like relatively recently in our lifetime, have had good teams. Charlotte has literally never had like a finals contender or even borderline finals contender team uh, it i think in this iteration of the franchise and even the previous iteration of the franchise so i think it'd be a lot of fun um but yeah i don't know what do you think about that yeah that that scenario would really scare me <laughs> that's the only reason i wouldn't have them higher objectively i would i would be totally on board like if i was just an nba fan that just enjoyed watching basketball i'd be like hell yeah dude like put Lamelo ball and kate cunningham on the same team together and let them like grow up together as you know, late teenagers, early twenties kids, like on their rookie contracts when Lamelo, you know, won the rookie of the year, and like uh, you've got Cade probably going into next season as the easy front runner for rookie of the year. Plus, like you you said, they have uh, uh, Hayward already for when he's healthy. You have Miles Bridges, who's really fun, like catching oops from those two guys all day, like. PJ Washington. I mean, they, they would have a really fun team. Also, I mean, I guess if we're looking at this from a Knicks perspective, maybe that finally fully opens the door to them just forgetting that Devontae Graham exists and just letting him walk or trading Terry Rozier to the Knicks to clear up playing time for Cade. So maybe I'm talking them into being higher on my list. I, I think by and large, I have a few teams at the very bottom that I really despise that I can't wait to get to and say why I don't want them to get it. But Charlotte would fall somewhere in the mishmash of like, I don't know, number four through like number 10, where there's some factors for and some against. But mostly I don't want them to get it because I don't want them to leapfrog the Knicks potentially. (laughs) And that, I mean, getting Cade and adding him to that team could potentially be one of those situations, uh, considering they were already in the play in this year with the injury issues that they had uh, with LaMelo and with Hayward. I mean, if you can have that team mostly healthy with those three guys, plus all that supporting cast that they've kind of built up around them, that's a really dangerous team. So I, I wouldn't necessarily want that team existing in the same conference and in the same playoff conversation as the Knicks. Um, but what's your what's your next team up here? I'm really 
I'm so intrigued to see how this is going to keep going. Cause yeah, yeah. The, the hate, some of these teams, if you bring out the wrong one, I'm going to be like, what is wrong with you? I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm really like, I'm, I'm like tensing every time before I say a name. All right. Uh, my next one, this could maybe be an example of it. All right, here, I'll, I'll give you my next two as a package. I want, I want to explain it. I have OKC five and Houston six. And, and from a Knicks perspective, that doesn't really make sense because Houston is is so non-threatening right now. It feels like, I mean, I, I guess they do have the seven Brooklyn picks theoretically to to mess. And it's not actually seven, but somewhere between picks and pick swaps, somewhere close to seven Brooklyn picks to mess around with. They have a couple of extra picks from Portland um, for the Robert Covington trade. And yet to me, they, they just seem like a mess of a franchise right now. Um, there doesn't, there, there just isn't a lot of long-term pieces there of interest. They were pretty clearly the worst team in the NBA post James Harden last year. Um, and yet I feel weird. Like I, I just don't like Houston all that much as a franchise. And after like, I, I know the Harden stuff, like that was more on him than it was on them, but the whole thing left sort of a sour taste in my mouth. And, and Houston has also just perennially been so good for so long. Like I, I'm kind of okay with them sucking for a couple of years. OKC with Cade is obviously pretty terrifying because last year they were, they were somehow decent despite having a team mostly of, of really, really young players and led by an, an incredible Shea Gilgis Alexander. So the idea of like throwing Cade in there and then them still having 20 or so picks to work with around him and build their team, like they, they would once again for the second time in 20 years be set up to win multiple titles. We all know how it went the first time. So maybe it would go the same way the second time around. But I don't know. To me, OKC, like, look, they play some of it was luck, but they also played their cards really, really well. And they kind of deserve to reap the rewards of them. And also, I just like the idea of seeing Alexei Pokashevsky in, in multiple NBA finals for the next couple of years. So you did it. You found two. You struck gold. You found okay. two of my least favorite teams. And despite the fact you made a pretty compelling case that they're non-threatening to the Knicks, which I guess I haven't been quite playing into my hate rankings enough with this, but I despise how both of these teams have run themselves the last two years. And once again, I mean, OKC, it's just like the amount that they're blatantly basically just doing the process over again is really annoying to me. And I just, I dislike it from a, from like a competitive balance standpoint, from a like dehumanizing the players standpoint to where like I get to feel. And honestly, if I was a player on the thunder right now, after this past, like if I was SGA, I would be really tempted to try to find a way to angle out of there because I think that Presti just views players like a spreadsheet. Like he's like he's like uh, Daryl Morey in that sense, or like you think so though. But like Horford was talking about like how well he was treated. Like it seems like, and Chris Paul, like he kind of gave optionality in terms of where he was going. I don't think Presti would have done that. He would have been looking everyone like like a spreadsheet statistic. I guess maybe you're right in that regard. I don't know. I just thought that it was kind of crappy to be like, "Hey SGA, you're having like a fantastic year," but oh no, you're too good. We're gonna like literally just send you home for like half the year because we don't want to be good and i'm like eh, that's just that reeks to me i don't like that i don't like that sort of stuff like you have this young player who's trying to play for his next contract and like play for accolades and everything else like all these things matter like to these guys as far as their their next contract and all that stuff and who knows like maybe if you let sga play the season out maybe he ends up you know maybe the thunder end up surprisingly making the playoffs or something or like at least competing for it then maybe he gets in consideration for one of the end of season awards or something and like, or, or maybe more seriously consider for all-star or something like, like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't like, I don't like how they're doing things, but 
they're less offensive to me than the Rockets. The Rockets, I just want to see burn. I, I think they're terrible. I think it's a terrible franchise. I think Fertitta is like, Fertitta is quietly what everybody thinks Dolan is at this point. Like Dolan used to be more like Fertitta. And now Fertitta is more like Dolan, but like nobody wants to admit it. Like he's a crappy person. He like has just terrible business practices in how he runs his team from what it seems like it like his it, the way that they handled the whole Harden situation and everything this year was so idiotic and they do not deserve one bit to be rewarded for that and as a matter of fact like I am real I guess in a way this would end up helping Oklahoma City somehow but like I am desperately desperately rooting for their pick to fall to five so that they lose it because I think they deserve it I think they suck like they don't deserve to keep a top four pick. They deserve to toil in NBA hell for a few years just for being so stupid with how they handled the Harden trade. And it just like, like why on earth you're trying to start a rebuild, but you're so concerned about like issuing a second contract to a guy or whatever that you turn away. It's not even the case with Levert, but you turn away Levert and Allen, who you potentially could have gotten for like Oladipo, who you traded for what? like expiring Kelly Olenek and like a second round pick. Did they get, did they even get a second round pick? Like, it's just so stupid to me. I don't like them. I don't like for I don't like the organization. I, yeah, I want them to fall to five and give up their pick to the thunder. Cause I think that'd be hilarious. And then Houston moves to 18 and then maybe the Knicks in, in the Houston's desperation, you know, maybe the Knicks can move from like, 21 and 32 up to 18 and take someone better that they like or something, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I want Houston to lose. I want them. They're the, they're probably, they're almost the number one team. I want to see like fail on lottery night. I would love to see Houston fall back to five. Yeah. I think I, I again, I think I was trying to, I, I think I have similar inclinations towards them as a franchise. And I counterbalance that with the fact that I would argue Houston is maybe the single least threatening team on this list that Kate could go to. Um, oh, for sure. Especially from a Knicks perspective, because like totally different conference, like any team in the Western conference is instantly a better option just from a pure Knicks perspective. But I think just my overall hatred for the franchise has played enough that I just, I can't, I can't like bring myself to want them to win under any circumstance. That's, that's fair, man. You gotta, you gotta let the hate fuel you sometimes. Um, it's fun. Know. It's really fun being on the other side of this where we can pick teams to irrationally hate, just like every fan in the league apparently hated the Knicks for one reason or another. It's, so. it, it's totally valid. So you could use hate as fuel or Alex, you could use built bar. Why? Well, yes. Built bar does make some pretty good fuel for hate rants. As it turns out, when you, when you want to talk about how much you hate the Houston Rockets, just cause make sure to eat a built bar. That's what I did before this. Hopefully it showed in that fantastic rant that I just gave. That's because built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have nine delicious flavors available all the time. Plus occasional limited time flavors. Some of my favorites, peanut butter, brownie, salted caramel, mint brownie. And of course, coconut almond, my almond joy tasting love of my life in built bar form. And you know, it's, it, Really, the best part of it is that I can eat that Almond Joy imitation and not deal with the usual guilt of eating a real Almond Joy, which is eating all that fat and all those calories and all that sugar and everything else. There's none of that in Built Bars. All you're getting is pure, awesome protein, 
Most built bars have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. You're not going to find that combination of amazing taste and low calories, low sugar with any other protein bar out there. So if you want to get some built bars for yourself and maybe go rant at someone about why you don't like the Houston Rockets, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we are back with team number seven. And for me, it's the Chicago Bulls, um, a team that I find, by and large, I think I think they rank pretty high on my inoffensive category. You can make the argument that they were mismanaged for a very long time, but similar to Detroit, uh, the people, the, the Gar Packs, Packed that, that was there and doing that is now out. Um, and they have an entirely new front office who, again, I just feel sort of neutral. I do think the magic trade they made was pretty egregious for Vucevic and obviously really blew up in their face. But to me, they're also they're, they're simultaneously inoffensive and fairly high in my non-threat ranking. Like Caden Levine and I guess Vucevic would offensively probably in, in two years or so put up pretty historic numbers, but I, I just don't see any future for them if Levine and Vucevic are a big part of their core because that's just that's a duo that's going to get ripped apart in pick and roll in the playoffs. And e- even if Kate is amazing, I, I, I think you, you potentially have a really good team, but they don't, I don't know, they don't they don't scare me, Alex. Uh, see, I actually, I go the other way. I, I have, I mean, I have no idea how I, how I even would categorize these as far as like a definitive list, but I definitely just have this cluster of teams at the bottom that I don't want to succeed. And Chicago is right there with them. I don't want them to get bailed out. Like I want to see, that's another team. I mean, that trade for Vucevic was so stupid and go figure it kind of blew up in their face. Like they were horrible to end the year. They were, they were in position to potentially be a play in team and then end the season as the team with the eighth best lottery odds. I mean, that's, that's terrible. And I don't think they deserve to get bailed out by getting like the top pick. I, I worry that there is a chance that if they got the top pick, or even if they just managed to keep their pick and get in like the top four, I think it is for them on the protection. If they managed to, to get into the top four and get one of those, one of those guys that I don't know for sure that it's going to like turn things around for them, but there's a chance that it could. And I don't want to, I don't want them to like get bailed out for being dummies. I would much prefer that Orlando gets their pick. Cause as I said earlier, I actually, I kind of dig Orlando. I would be cool with Orlando being that like new fun, young team that like brings in a young head coach and everything. And, you know, has some fun rebuilding and like putting up lots of points and kind of learning on the fly. So I definitely don't want Chicago to succeed. I would rather, I would rather Orlando keep their own pick and hold on to that Chicago pick and, and not let them get off the hook for being dummies and trading way too much for Vucevic. I'm just going to posit a theory. I think you're going to hate almost every team I have left. So maybe, maybe by the end you'll, you'll look back. I pretty much hate all of them. So oh, no matter that's, where that's, we go. That's here, I'm, so I'm just going to say at the end, I think you look back at Chicago at seven, you'll be like, yeah, they're about like in the middle of the hate pack. And maybe, yeah. maybe that'll happen. All right. Number eight, I guarantee I, I'm, I'm 99% sure you're going to hate this next one. Uh, the golden state warriors. And for me, I, you know what? I won't even say anything, Alex. I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you react to that. I actually don't. I don't despise them. They might actually be surprisingly high on my list. Oh, interesting. Um, mostly because I think 
So obviously that disrupts the Steph to New York agenda, potentially. Like if you give Steph Curry, Cade, Cade Cunningham as his new co-star, along with Clay coming back and, you know, Wiseman maybe managing to get a little better in year two. Draymond Green still being himself, I guess. I, I mean, that's potentially a pretty nasty team. Um, and, you know, would keep Steph there for the rest of his career without any question. But also, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not putting all my eggs in the basket of Steph Curry coming to New York because I think that's unreasonable. So, I mean, I could see where that would be. That would be a pretty something I'd be pretty chill with. Like if they win it, whatever. I mean, they, they narrowly missed the playoffs via the play in. And, you know, I, I think that it would be kind of cool to see them get to reload and make some noise in the Western Conference next year. Um, Because I I did really, I still enjoy the brand of basketball that they play, and I would like to see them be able to play it at a high level again with uh, their old big three reformed plus uh, Kate Cunningham added to it. So, uh, yeah, they're actually somewhat high on my inoffensive part of the list. Just, again, only because I I would have them higher, but, you know, I still want to at least keep a little bit of a pipe dream about Steph Curry coming to New York next summer, but... I'm not holding my breath for that by any stretch. Yeah, I think if I were to, to say with this a little longer do rank, I'd actually push them up. I was maybe putting a little bit too much weight on like, oh God, do we want do we want another pseudo super team? But Steph and Cade together, like if you were to build basically a young player to put on that team, you you would essentially build Cade Cunningham, like a forward or or Lamelo Paul, ironically. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Cade Cade even more so just because he need, I think he's not it's not as essential for him to be on the ball, though Lamelo proved in, in Charlotte that he could play off the ball. Too. The crazy thing is they, they literally could have had both of them, but that's, that's another mm-hmm. story. Um, <laughs> well, actually no, if they have Lamelo this year, they probably make the playoffs, but anyways, uh, yeah, a guy who could defend multiple positions, an, another high level three point shooter, the passing between like with the space Steph creates between him and Draymond and clay coming back and clay, hopefully being healthy. I don't know. That would be a lot of fun. I would like to just, I, I, I just love the idea of the West being just a total, total bloodbath and to throw them in there. A, another positive Knicks perspective is in 2023, it knocks whatever's left of Dallas probably down another spot or two in the draft, which would be kind of nice. So yeah, in, in retrospect, Golden State, maybe maybe would have even been a little higher for me. All right. Um, the next one I have is another one that I think will be very high on your uh, do not deserve it rankings, but are also very high for me on my non-threat rankings. And that is the Sacramento Kings, and I have them one spot. I also I had Detroit one spot ahead of them or behind them. I probably would have flipped that, but we don't we don't have to talk about the Pistons again. The other team I had next on my list was Cleveland, so I'm going to explain that. I, I think Cleveland is probably lowest on my. New Orleans is also in that mix, but Cleveland is very very high on my does not deserve it team. And Sacramento, I think, just wins the tiebreaker by being a West Coast Cleveland um, and being utterly non threatening to the Knicks in that respect. Um, I, I know I, I can already anticipate your response that we, we hate the Kings because of uh, that De'Aaron Fox tweet and like what happened during the year. And that's fair. But I, I actually I do. I like I like Fox overall. I am listening to multi- multiple interviews with Tyrese Halliburton. I kind of like him. Um, and on one hand, it feels a little weird, like letting the Kings off the hook for Luca by basically getting Luca light two years later. But they've also been so, so bad for so long that I don't know for them to just be. And, and the thing is, I still only think they'd be like decent. They'd be a back end Western Conference playoff team in a couple of years. I, I don't think you would make them great. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely don't like Sacramento for the Fox thing because 
I don't even like understand it. I don't understand. And also, I don't understand. I think that Kings fans have just gotten so angry at being called Knicks West for so long that that made them resent the Knicks. But like, I find in general that like Kings fans online too tend to have this like really weird resentment of the Knicks and Knicks fans. And I'm like, chill out. Like, what do you? What have the Knicks done to you? <laughs> Literally across the country in a different conference, like. I don't understand this this hatred other than the fact that you're the only team that over the last 20 years has been as horribly mismanaged as the Knicks consistently. Uh, and, you know, I guess that breeds resentment because you're not more recognized and more clowned on like the Knicks were. Like, I don't I don't understand where people come from with that stuff, but that's kind of annoying to me. I will say it would be entertaining to me for them to get the number one pick because. I think there's a world where they overthink it and take Mobley. That would be so like, funny. <laughs> because that's what they do every time. Like, they're just idiots. They don't know what they're doing. And even if they took Cade, I mean, that would be one of those places where I would feel almost 100% certain that they would screw it up. Like, there's no way that even with Cade Cunningham getting added to their team that they're going to figure it out and find a way to make the playoffs or something. Because they just never do. Because they're terrible. They're like, I mean... <sighs> I, I I know this is bold saying this after the Knicks having one one really good year this past year, but like they're they're worse. Than, I think that the Kings have been more mismanaged over the last like twenty years than the Knicks have been. If we're being honest, like they're terrible. I mean, they're, they're really bad. Um, so yeah, well, you know, if they get close to twelve, thirteen to your boy, except I, I guess literally at like the the barest end of that twenty years, like they were really good two thousand one through two thousand four. Yeah, yeah, and they, so they never even had that other year, like 12-13, or even like the mellow years where they were like fringe making the playoffs or anything. So it's been like, what has it been, like 15 straight years since they made the playoffs or something like that I now? Think, yeah, I think either 05 or 06 was with, led by Bonzi Wells was the last time. Yeah, and they've squandered like a number of pretty promising talents in that time too. Like, I mean, like Tyreek Evans was like rookie of the year and averaged like 20 points per game and then all of a sudden just couldn't do anything. Like, I don't know. There's been a number like Fox hasn't really. I mean, he's still very talented and I enjoy watching him play. But, you know, he hasn't made any leaps that have been big enough to, you know, propel the team forward at all. And their free agent signings are always colossally stupid. Um, So, yeah, I'm not a huge, not a huge Kings guy. And I've literally been ranting for so long that I almost. Oh, you said Cleveland was the other one. Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland, my only opposition is that I still think it's crap that they won three out of four lotteries or whatever after LeBron left. Um, and so I've always kind of been like, like salty towards them because I'm like, the Knicks can't win one in like 30 years and you win three out of four conveniently, like right after a GOAT candidate leaves your freaking city. And then when he decided to come back, they were like loaded with all these like very recent number one overall picks that they could like trade off for, you know, this huge superstar supporting cast or whatever. So I'm not trying to load them up with their, their ammunition to get LeBron back for the third time for his third, like, you know, Oh, I feel sorry that I left Cleveland again. I want to finish my career at home. Crap. I'd love if he demanded a trade there immediately after they got Cade. Yeah. Can you imagine? (laughs) He's just like, I'm done in LA. Trade yeah. me there. And they trade yeah, like nobody. Yeah. They, AD just texts him like, bruh, period. <laughs> <laughs> they trade like Sexton for him. <laughs> Get him back there and then trade Cade for like, I don't know, freaking like who, uh, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or something, they, they, like, they something they weird like that. They trade the Jazz for, for Dwayne Wade. 
There you go. <laughs> no, they tried that already. They tried Dwayne Wade in Cleveland. That didn't work out. All right. But this, uh, time, this time it'll click. Anyway, what's uh, we're getting to the home stretch here. Yeah, How many do I, we have? Oh, like? yeah. I'll just I'll, I'll give you the final three in order. Um, and we can, okay. we can you can give me your thoughts in any way you want. All right. I have, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to flip these last two. I had Indiana, Toronto, New Orleans, but I'm going to flip Toronto and Indiana because e- even though Toronto would be w- oh, quite a bit worse for the Knicks. Indiana, for some reason, I, I don't. This isn't really justified. They're very high on my hateability scale. I just, I don't have, I don't have a great feeling towards that franchise. Even though, in, in some ways, they're sort of like less successful Spurs East in that they perennially try to build through the middle. They never really top out as bad. They, they're just for twenty years they've gone from like somewhere between average to really good and just below winning a title. But I don't know why. There's something about Indiana I don't really like. I think Toronto's the single scariest place he could go on this list outside of Golden State. And the single and because Golden State's out west, the single scariest to the Knicks. And New Orleans, I just think, is far and away the least deserving after they, they blew Chris Ball, then blew Anthony Davis, and, and now are uh, blowing Zion. So that sounded... Uh, like something else, but they're, un- they're, they're in some ways they're they're unsuccessfully doing that because those players clearly weren't happy there. <laughs> phrasing, Gavin, phrasing. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much with you. I mean, with Indiana, the old wounds are obviously there from like the '90s, which you and I both have kind of recognized in the past. Like we don't really, you know, sympathize with all that because we weren't quite there as far as being old enough to really. Uh, appreciate the the 90s rivalry of the Pacers but I still I dislike Reggie Miller very much from watching those old games and from his commentary um so you know screw Indiana I, I'm with you there uh, as far as um Toronto I agree I mean the other thing with Toronto is that you know if you're on the I want the Knicks to sign Kyle Lowry train that's really bad for that narrative uh, because, well, or maybe it could be good for it. I don't know. I guess it would depend what signals that Toronto sent to him. But if Toronto sends the signal of like, oh shit, like we just got Kate Cunningham. He's going to be good from day one in the NBA. Like Kyle, come back here. We'll give you lots of money. We'll sign some supporting free agents. And then, you know, you and, and Cade and Siakam and whoever else we sign, plus like Ananobi and like all these other guys, we'll, we'll make another run. Like we, this might be enough to you know put us back in like real playoff contention again. That part's scary. I guess the devil's advocate to that is maybe they get Cade and then they say, oh, this is our perfect opportunity to like mini blow it up. So we'll accommodate you if you want to get like a sign and trade to somewhere or whatever. Maybe that ends up with him on the Knicks after the Knicks make like another trade or something, then execute a sign and trade to get Kyle Lowry, something like that. Um, that could work out well for the Knicks, I guess, in its own respect. But from like a division rivalry perspective, yeah, I definitely don't want them to get Cade because then you've got Cade at, at minimum. Even if Lowry leaves, you have like Cade, Siakam, uh, Ananobi, uh, Fred Van Vliet, and like a pretty good core there yeah. to build around for a long time. So, um, yeah, I'm not totally with that. And I'm totally with you in New Orleans. Hate them. I hate David Griffin. It, advances the uh, Zion to New York narrative that's starting to bubble. You know, it's like we just cracked the seltzer water. The bubbles are starting to, you know, come up from the bottom. Uh, Maybe in a couple years, Zion will be like the first guy to force his way out of his rookie contract, or at least the first guy of his stature, like force his way out of his rookie contract team to come to the Knicks or something like that to come play with his best bud, RJ. And that, probably has a much less chance of happening if the Pelicans move up and get to take Kate Cunningham to pair with him and Brandon Ingram. I don't know. 
I, I don't care what coach they get. I don't think anyone could screw that up to the point of at least not making the playoffs next year. I mean, that's just too much talent assembled to do that. Granted, maybe they draft Cade and then they still manage to not make the playoffs. And then Zion accelerates his timeline for wanting to get out of there. And, and you know, maybe the Pelicans will be more willing to accommodate and, you know, do it because they still had Cade on hand. So I don't know. I mean, there's, I guess, a lot of different ways to tackle that one, but by and large, you know, it still annoys me that they got Zion over the Knicks um, and managed to move up for for him. And uh, despite the fact that I love RJ to death, but uh, you know that that's still annoying to me. That wound is still fresh enough, and I also love that they're completely like alienating Zion just two years into his career uh, and potentially paving the way for him to leave there, just like their previous two. Uh, they're you know because they're they're blowing it with <laughs> with Zion, just like they did with Anthony Davis and Chris Paul, and it would be fun to watch them uh, blow it again with uh, Zion and and have him leave. So yeah, they're definitely down near the bottom too. I think what I learned from this exercise is by and large, I only have about three or four teams that I would not be like like clenching my fist a little bit to see that they won the lottery. So I'm sure that the outcome is going to do nothing but piss me off. Yeah, that's, that's that's a good place to end on. And uh, yeah, the, the final note is we, we can't let New Orleans blow Cade too. So for Alex, signing <laughs> off, great episode. And uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow, I think, or maybe the day after with a very special guest. So tune in for that on Locked on this.